Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 18. This episode is an interview special where Sam meets Bruce Benedict from Cardiphonia. Sam and I are going to take a well-earned break in August, so there won't be an episode with the two of us, but there will be another interview special coming up in the middle of August. If you're following the 12 Song Challenge, then you need to listen through to the end of this interview and uh, we'll tell you what the challenge is for August. Look forward to catching up with you again in September. Uh, I'm excited to be here with Bruce Benedict, who's speaking to me all the way from across the Atlantic. Bruce, hello. Hello, how's it going? It's going all right, thank you. Um, yeah, so Bruce, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You do a number of different things, including... Um, well, involving worship, music, songwriting, putting other people's music out. So tell us a little bit about your kind of portfolio. Yeah. So currently I work as the chaplain of worship arts at Hope College, which is a small uh, Christian liberal arts college in, in Michigan. Just kind of a, we're about two hours from Chicago. Uh-huh, yeah. And most of my work is just... <clears throat> Hanging out with college students and shepherding uh, a number of worship services that we have um, during the school year. Yep. And so I also I teach a couple courses related to church music and worship, um, and that that pretty much keeps me busy uh, in terms of of college. As mm-hmm. well, I started a thing about ten years ago called Cardiphonia, which was my way of trying to network and collaborate with a whole bunch of songwriters and worship leaders that were in um, church plants and kind of more eclectic worship environments where a lot of people that were having to um, just kind of create a lot of the content of their worship from scratch. Mm-hmm. And we were, a group, we were a group of songwriters and worship leaders that, um, you know, for the American context, we were fairly urban, evangelical, and uh, flirting with a renewed interest in liturgical worship, um, mm. which was which has been this kind of thing in the U.S., really different than the context in the U.K. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I mean, you've, you've worked for a little bit in London, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, so... My wife studied at Central School of Speech and Drama, and when we yeah. lived in London, we went to Grace Church, Hackney. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you know our context a little bit, but... Um, yeah, a little bit. I think if people want to check your stuff out, they should go to cardiphonia.org. That's C-A-R-D-I-P-H-O-N-I-A.org. Yep. Um, I did wonder whether it was about cardigans. Whether I, yeah, I, first I know, that, yeah. But... Um, some, <laughs> of my, some of my friends um, call it cardiphobia. <laughs> that's nice of them uh but yeah people should check it out because there's so much stuff on there and as you say it seems to be a little bit different um both from i guess what people are used to in the uk but also you know for the us it's not your kind of mainstream um mega church kind of big u2 sounding rock and roll worship it's it's quite a different feel to the music and there's quite a different feel to 
I guess the the approaches as well to to writing the songs and where the lyrics are coming from. So you you mentioned the word liturgical, um, and I think certainly in the UK we've got a bit of a kind of um, a divide still between those who are kind of free church and those who are liturgical. And we tend to think of liturgical meaning you have to have a book that you read lots of things out of, um, and lots of you know people that I know would would sort of suck through their teeth and look slightly horrified if I said I was going to lead some liturgical worship. So, so where are you coming from with the liturgical stuff? Yeah, you know, I think in the U.S. it's a it's been a part of a broader cultural interest in things that are vintage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you sort of put the kind of um, vintage uh, movement along with with uh, <laughs> maybe I would say the best of hipster culture. <laughs> yeah. Somehow in the U.S. that created this environment where younger Christians were interested in liturgy because it was old. For the American context, it was really new and mysterious, and it and it had just it had cultural connections that um, weren't so bound up in kind of just the rampant, you know, uh, materialism and commercialism. Yeah, yeah. It was something that, you know, just harkened back to a an older time. Yeah. And so, you know, like you would go to a church, one of these churches in the States, and it'd be people, you know, in these kind of old-style jeans and clothes and um, the film Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, yeah, yeah. Was a huge, um was a huge deal in the States in terms of, it was really kind of a, a re- Reimagination, a, um, a revisiting of older American music styles. Mm, yeah. And so, if you can kind of take that kind of musical, cultural, and an interesting kind of just older hymns, um, Cardiffoni is a part of a movement called the Retuned Hymn Movement, uh-huh. which is a part of just this kind of broader interest in things that are old. Most of your people who are, are writing songs uh, around Cardiphonia and for yourself, if you say as a songwriter, okay, I'm going to work kind of liturgically or within a liturgical framework or being inspired by that, what are some of the ways that that, that can kind of feed into the songwriting? Yeah. Um, so a lot of us had been in, you know, involved doing music sorts of things, but a lot of us weren't great text writers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of us were working part-time in churches, and a lot of us, you know, like, we just didn't have time or energy or space to record kind of full worship albums. But we kind of thought, you know, we can get together and we can record and write, like, one song each. So we kind of, you know, that idea of just crowdsourcing our resources, our love for the church, um, 
you know, using the, the best of, of just sort of, you know, how you can collaborate with the web nowadays. And so we would get together and um, we would just talk about, okay, what songs do our churches need? Mm-hmm. And for the group of churches that, that I'm kind of connected with, it was songs that were had some kind of liturgical um, connection because most of us didn't grow up in any kind of churches like that. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it would be maybe songs for communion or songs for um, a church season like Pentecost or Ascension. Mm-hmm. And these are just kind of, just, a, you know, um, opportunities to explore and experiment um, to try stuff out that maybe we couldn't, you know, we might want to do it in our church in a year or two. Mm-hmm. And, we've, and, you know, they've just been so well received. And they really kind of, you know, the, I think the church has used them a good bit. Um, but it's almost just more fun opportunities just to kind of collaborate with fellow okay. songwriters. Yeah. Because I've noticed that a lot of your stuff is kind of, um, you've got a bunch of stuff on Bandcamp and it's collected often around, um, you know, it'll be an album of stuff for Ascension, for right. example, yeah. or for uh, Lent. Um, so how do, how does, I mean, if people aren't used to the kind of church year, a lot of the churches I, you know, I'm involved with or, or grew up in, um, you know, we might do Christmas, we probably do Easter, um, but we don't really, we're not really necessarily aware of a lot of those seasons. How does, how does that play into the songs? Yeah. <clears throat> Um, part of it is our connection to this movement in the States um, of finding old hymn texts and putting new music to them. Um, All these hymn texts, they're all public domain. And so there's kind of a a freedom to just do whatever we want with the text. And we don't have any sort of particular uh, need to maintain the old language. So there's deconstructions of language and different sorts of things like that. Um, and a lot of it is just um, a kind of, all right, we want to explore a certain topic. You know, and a lot of our churches might not even really celebrate a Pentecost Sunday sort of thing. Yeah. But we are really interested in the, you know, sort of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our worship music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... We can find a whole ton of texts. Like, I found this one old hymnal that had, like, 800 hymns just about the Holy Spirit that somebody had gathered, you know, 100 years ago. Yeah. And as we were, a group of us were reading through these old texts, we were like, these texts are amazing. Like, (laughs) no one is singing, not even the charismatics are really kind of, like, diving into the riches of, um, just who the Holy Spirit is, how the Holy Spirit works. And the texts just provide a really easy uh, launching pad for songwriting. Mm, mm. That's great. So, I mean, I, I guess that's an encouragement to some of our writers if they're if they're feeling a bit stuck or maybe they're not so great at lyrics to actually go and find some old hymnals, the stuff that's out of, out of uh, copyright. And also, I guess, you know, finding hymns that are outside of the usual... 10 or 20 that we might use and I expect it's the same in the states that you know there's there's a a bunch of hymns that charismatic evangelicals use and then there's thousands of others that we don't use um so maybe it's an encouragement to our writers to go and find some old hymn texts and and make use of the fact that they've been written 
you know, into a season, even if your church doesn't actually use those seasons particularly, as you're saying, it's kind of opening you up to those those theologies and those those kind of themes. Yeah, exactly. A lot of us will use these songs. A lot of us, you know, won't use them. But it's just a great opportunity. Like it was, it was really cool to do a compilation on the idea of Christ's ascension. Um, and even liturgical churches maybe don't make a big deal of Ascension Sunday. But as we were kind of reading through the text and talking about the idea, we're like, you know, wow, I mean, Ascension is, um, there aren't any songs that we really sing that are in our kind of popular canon about the Ascension. And you know what? There's no Pentecost. There's no church without the Ascension. (laughs) So it's just kind of a cool, you know, it's, it's almost like just trying to find topics and ideas, you know, almost like doing research and development. Mm. or uh, for the Church's Song, you're just trying to explore different ideas and themes that aren't out there, that'll never, you know, in, you know, Integrity or, you know, any of the big publishing houses are never going to do an album on a big liturgical topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but somebody needs to be just releasing songs that just has the, kind of, you know, has the freedom to explore all sorts of different topics. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, I love the way that, you know, if, so I look at your compilations, I'm looking at your Ascension one right now. And, you know, there's a whole range of different names, people, I guess, are coming from all over the, all over the country. Um, and, you know, you're, you're bringing those together. And like you say, it's, it's highly unlikely that, um, you know, any of those big people are going to, are going to put those out because they're kind of more niche and they don't play on Christian radio so well, I suppose. But, uh, you know, this, you guys are, are offering a real treasure trove here to the to the church i think and i've enjoyed last few months sort of in, you know poking around thinking oh yeah we could use that there or that there so it's great i love it and i think it's just really helpful to you know like especially you think of worship planners when we do worship planning we tend to worship plan around a topic yeah theme or an idea and for us it's been really fun to release albums that reflects maybe a little bit more of how we do worship planning, mm-hmm. um, and people love you know I mean you're you know you're you're on Google or whatever and you're searching for songs for certain themes, and so a lot of people have found our stuff just kind of searching for songs about particular themes. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's great, and you know we're gonna we're gonna keep working on it. There's so much stuff here too. <laughs> just looking through your Bandcamp. Um, collection you've got i mean so many collections of songs it's great so people should really should really check that out cardiophonia.bandcamp.com um and you can see all this stuff Saints of Jesus sing His love and 
just forever Let the shepherds now confess His love endures forever All who fear the Lord declare His love endures forever The stone thrown away Now has become the cornerstone The Lord and all of His strength his right hand came our song and our shield came our song and our shield came our song and our shield. Um, so beyond this, I know that you've started a new project um, thinking about the theme of vocation. Um, and you're actually, I think, launching a, a competition uh, around this time that I thought people who listen to this podcast might be interested in hearing about and, and maybe kind of getting involved with. So can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so my friend Isaac Wardell, who runs a really cool um, sacred arts project called Bifrost Arts Music. Mm-hmm. Isaac and I have been friends for a long time, and a lot of our projects are in con- in conversation with one another um, he, uh, his pastor, Greg Thompson, has been a part of launching a new organization called the New City Commons. Okay. And they've gotten some funding to write some books and produce some resources around this theme of vocation. And so Isaac and I are always really concerned about, you know, how, how do these kind of theological, biblical ideas actually play out? in the context of just the stuff of worship services. Yeah. Um, so we got a little bit of money to um, to write some songs and, and put out some albums around the theme of vocation. So just unpack, if people don't, they might have a vague idea of that word vocation, but unpack what that we mean by that. Yeah, so vocation is just a fancy way of talking about work. Mm-hmm. What we do, um, you know, from kind of our lives Monday, to Saturday. Yeah. What are, I mean, it can, you can work it out theologically and what has God called you to do? Um, it, it could be really different, you know, than what your um, nine to five job is. Um, it, you know, work can be everything from, uh, you know, art, medicine, technology, homemaking, law, governance, commerce, philanthropy, all these things that make up our world, all these things that God cares about, has gifted people to do. This is just kind of this huge world um, of vocation. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's fascinating to me because um, my wife and I are just in the process of writing a book very much um, around these some of these kind of themes. Uh, our, our, it's going to be called Worship, a Whole Life Worship. Yeah. Um, but it's really thinking about this issue of what has God called you to outside of your, generally outside of your involvement in church. Um, and do you realize that that, in itself can be an act of worship. Yeah, right. And then sort of looping it all the way back round, and do we realise that what we do in church also ought to have this kind of seamless link with what we do outside. So rather than this sense that I often feel that I kind of come to church, I leave my problems at the door, uh, I or I'm encouraged to at least, and I'm I'm kind of engaging in some sort of act of worship that doesn't, you know, it's sometimes more of an escape than... Uh, than a kind of, okay, actually God cares about your life, God is interested, 
God is wanting to hear your struggles. He's going to empower you for what you're going out to. So I think, you know, this whole subject of vocation and connecting the Sunday worship with the rest of the life worship is so key. Absolutely. And it's something that people struggle with, something I think the church struggles with. And I'm not sure why that is. Mm. It seems like these would be just seamless ways that we kind of live out our life with God, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, at, at best, Sunday worship should be a time where you are, you know, invigorated and you actually are formed to be, you know, better workers. Yeah. I think the problem, problem a lot of the church has got is it's, it's preparing people to be better church members, I think, often. You know, yeah. so here's our thing of how to join our volunteer group or here's yeah. how to, you know, be part of our prayer team or yeah. here's how to be part of our worship band. Right. Um, but And I think behind that is an unspoken uh, hierarchy of, of gifts, you know. So if you're a preacher, you're pretty high up or a missionary. Yeah. Uh, and if your gift is... Um, well, if it's art that you use in the church, it's pretty high. But if it's art that you don't use in the church, it comes pretty low. Yeah. And... And and I guess that, you know, it starts to go down through kind of caring professions and then somewhere towards the bottom, people tend to rank, you know, those things like finance and, and very just kind of practical mundane jobs. But I love the way that a theology of vocation just says, no, 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 that's that's rubbish. You know, that's um, that's nonsense. That's not how God views how he's gifted us and, you know, how he wants to use us. Yeah, it's, it's encouraging to hear that this is, as much of a struggle in the UK as it is in the States. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, you know, I mean, you guys are, you know, like 10 years ahead of us, right, culturally, so. Mm, some we, things. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got some time to figure this out. Yeah, and, you know, I think when we talk about this vocational theme in terms of songwriters, we think in terms of three big themes. Uh-huh. So the first one would be songs about God's kingdom, that's going to come through our work. Yeah. Right? God's kingdom is not just coming to <laughs> influence and impact what we do on Sundays, right? God's kingdom comes and impacts and influences and shapes and redeems and recreates every sphere of life. Amen. Right? And so that's what songs that just reflect on that. So that's one. Two would be songs that talk about how we um, commune with the triune God, um, songs that talk about how we experience God's love through our vocations. Oh. Right? And that's challenging, you know, because sometimes yeah. there are things that people are doing in the world when you don't, you feel menial, mm. it feels demeaning, you know, and how, how does every single aspect of just vocational life, whatever that is, how is that a communion with with God, um, and you can you can connect that to some of the um, like Brother Lawrence's book, Practicing the Presence, where work is prayer and prayer is work. And then the third sphere would be songs that just kind of talk about the nitty gritty of particular vocations. So a song that would talk about how you know a, a doctor's healing hands you know reflects God's desire to heal, or you know. Songs about money or this is quite tricky to do, isn't it? Because I remember um, you you do a thing as well on on Facebook, the the Liturgy Fellowship um, thing, and I think it was on there. 
um, someone was asking for the people's least favorite hymns, um, which I always slightly struggle with those kind of things anyway. But um, and somebody had written about isn't there a hymn that's like God of Concrete, Earth and Steel or something? You know that hymn? Oh yeah, um, which is a great hit actually. I think so too, but it's it gets a lot of bad press, and I think people really struggle with that sense of singing about normal things. Um, you can kind of seem to get away with it in children's songs. Uh, okay, but yeah. Well, in adult songs, if you start to mention a mobile phone or a skyscraper or a... Yeah. I mean, even stuff like money, you know, we talk about silver and gold, that's fine. But if I was to say, you know, the cash in my pocket or the 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 the, the funds in my bank account, suddenly that, that language, I don't know, we, we struggle to incorporate that for some reason. You know, I don't know if that's just because people don't have songs like that, so they don't know how to sing them. It's just, uh-huh, yeah. it's just because it's unfamiliar, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, or, um, I, I think that's probably, I mean, just, they just never experienced it, so they don't know. And they don't, people don't, you know what, people don't talk to God a lot in the midst of their day-to-day lives. Yeah. And so to bring that into, into worship is, is really challenging. Yeah. Which is why well, we I need, guess... which is, you know, which is why we need more songs like that. Exactly. Yeah. It's It's going to, it's going to take quite, um, quite a big change, isn't it? Yeah. To, to start to think that those songs are, I mean, I guess one thing is that those songs seem to be really well written. So if it is just a list of, you know, God today, I bring you my this and that, or, you know, if it's, if it's poorly written, then I suppose that, that won't help. Um, but also it's going to take, it's going to take a bit of a kind of culture shift in, okay, we're going to sing this, even though it's a bit uncomfortable. Uh, and actually when you get home and you start in your weekly, you know, existence, maybe you can take this song and it will help. And, and so maybe it's, it's just going to take a kind of cycle of almost uncomfortableness (laughs) to actually get some of this stuff in. And then people will start to, you know, see it as a new normal. Yeah. And I think Isaac working on, trying to, you know, write up a brief introduction to just helping your, you know, helping songwriters and helping worship leaders and churches think about how to, you're going to have to be intentional with introducing these kinds of songs, you know, but I think actually you have a, a great idea in that we should actually write a ton of these kinds of songs for children. Yeah. Right. Cause you know, people will, will sometimes, Sometimes you can sneak new theology into oh, congregations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, there's this there's this song that we've we've talked about quite a bit recently. Um, the children's song is really big in the UK. You might know it. Um, Our God is a great big God, and it has this line about He's higher than a skyscraper and deeper than a submarine. And you know that's the first time for a long time that anyone sung about anything contemporary. Yeah, in the church. That's great. Cool. Well, so if people want to get into this competition, where do they go, Bruce? What do they do? Yeah, so if you go to cardaphonia.org and you type in, probably the best way to do is just to type in contest into the search bar. Uh-huh. And you'll come up with, uh, with the uh, faith and songwriting contest. And then there is a link in that page to 
it's, you know, a little convoluted, but it's a, basically a link to a PDF that has all the instructions on what to submit, and the guidelines for the submission, and how the songs are going to be judged. And you can also, you can email your songs to vocationsongs at gmail.com. So that's cool. And, and there's a couple of cash prizes in there, and, um, and there's an opportunity to be a part of one of your compilations. But I guess, I mean, the main thing I would encourage our our writers listening to this is just to you know go for it we do this 12 song challenge where we're trying to get people to write a song a month for the whole year so i think we're going to make this our august challenge um and i guess joel will probably talk about that on perhaps tack it on to the end of this this uh episode but we want to challenge people to to try and write a song around the theme of vocation uh, and then if they get it to you it's by the end of august is, is that the deadline uh-huh yep end of august uh there were, and does it need does it need to be a super great recording? Nope, just a basic demo with a chord chart or a lead sheet. Mm -hmm. First prize is seven hundred and fifty bucks. Whoa! Um, although, oh, funny, you with, although for you guys right now, I'm not sure if that's uh, that's better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not we're not in it for the money. So yeah, okay. yeah. The person whose song gets chosen, the the Bifrost album is going to have some pretty fantastic people on it. Awesome. I know folks like Josh Garrels and others are also writing oh, songs for this album. Cool. Well, that's that's great, um, Bruce. Thank you for telling us about that. And I hope that people get inspired by looking around your site and kind of uh, inspired by the idea of um, writing liturgically, uh, writing for the church year. Um, and also your example of, of you guys, I think musically, you know, people ought to check out just what it sounds like as well because i think it does sound so different um to some of the mainstream stuff and i i think there's a real accessibility to that and a freshness so thank you for sharing this stuff with the world yeah absolutely I mean, it's been it's been great to talk to you and hear a little bit about you know what what you're doing in the uk as well i know yeah i know you know you are you still involved with engage yeah so that's what i'm, I'm actually uh, working for that i'm going to start being full-time for engage i mean it's, uh, that's some amazing resources as well for people in the states that don't uh don't know of it oh bless you yeah i mean if people are into the liturgical thing we do a um we post at least one thing a week for the um lectionary um which similar to what you were saying about the liturgical year is is a great way of exploring different texts that you wouldn't necessarily explore and we get about you know half the people who use it i think perhaps use it on the actual lectionary week but or maybe even more than that actually they're not using it necessarily on the week but the fact is that we've we've got around to writing a resource for a text that we possibly wouldn't have done it and otherwise so yeah people were very welcome to check that out that's engageworship.org Will come to your life, lift up your eyes and see. We'll gather together and come to you, and your love will be all that we know. And your love will be all that we know. Arise, come to the open gates, for the Father is welcoming you. Not for the Lord brings peace and redemption to all who believe. Nations will come to your life, lift up your eyes.
you know, I know this is a different topic for another time, but I love the idea of approaching songwriting like a pastor would. Yeah. You know, right? It, it helps us to be a lot less precious about our songs. Mm-hmm. You know, a preacher's got to get out a sermon every Sunday, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, yeah. And you just got to get down to the work of writing the songs. Um, and you yeah. got, you know, if you're preaching through a book of the Bible or doing lectionary, yeah, you got to, you know, you got to write a song or preach a sermon on a topic. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's weird, sometimes it's great. But I love, I love some of the kind of songwriting instincts that come from some of those yeah. more systematic, you know, approaches to to preaching. You know, they're super challenging. That's great. Yeah, I think I mean I think our guys will resonate with that. Having done, if they've been doing the twelve song challenge, you know, that's that's exactly how I think a lot of us have felt. Is like, I'm not going to wait for this to be perfect. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to get it out there. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it's freed us up. I think a lot of us to yeah. to just write. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, that's how you get better. You get better by challenging yourself and just trying to write as consistently and as broadly as possible. Yeah. There's some wisdom right there. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, who's that in the background laughing? Hey, that's little Eliza Joe. Aww. He's been my podcast assistant today. Yeah, well, it's been a pleasure to have them as well. We we appreciate all the all the voices. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. Um, bless you. If people want to check out, uh, we've talked about the website for Codafriendly. What about the the Facebook group? Can people look at that too? Yeah, if you get on Facebook and search Liturgy Fellowship, um, there is a group page. It will be the one that you'll want to. You can just ask to be to join it. There's also another kind of information page for Liturgy Fellowship. But it's, yeah, it's about 1,500 folks from all over the place and all sorts of different traditions just sharing resources. Yeah, I found that really, the conversations and the resource sharing, I found that really helpful to be to be part of that. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's, I'm always surprised at how how uh, helpful and, and just healthy the conversation is. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> awesome well thanks Bruce I'll let you go um, God bless and um, yeah keep us keep us up to date with what you're doing yeah we'll do and hopefully I'll uh, I'll see you in the States uh, in a year or so for the book uh, tour that would be great <laughs> bless you bro take yeah, care talk to you later thanks bye So there we have it. As I said at the beginning, Sam and I will be taking a break in August, so there won't be another episode with the two of us. So the 12 song challenge for August is to write a song on the theme of vocation. And you might like to submit it to the Cardiphonia competition as well. We look forward to catching up with you all in September and hearing all of your new songs on the 12 song challenge forum. And we'll close by playing this track from Cardiphonia. It's actually called The Mystery of Faith by Crossing Music. It's a liturgical setting of the memorial acclamation. I'm sure you'll recognise the words as you hear them sung. 